0: Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1,558, and here we go. These are the official top seven takeaways from the debut of Star Wars Resistance. The two-part episode The Recruit just premiered on Disney's actual TV station on Sunday the 7th. It's been available on the Disney Now app a little bit longer than that, and so, hey, you know, well, we'll talk about uh, showtimes and all that later on this week but for now though i just want to share with you the top seven takeaways first of all the timeline thing this is a real kind of a head smacker thing you know we're all asking ourselves when is this going to take place Found out from, you know, a bit of code inside the meta tags from Star Wars' website that it was supposed to be six months before The Force Awakens that the series would be set or at least starting. But really, the answer was available to us much longer ago than this. In fact, the moment that they said Poe Dameron was going to be a voice in at least, you know, the first episode of the series, we should have figured out that it was within a year of The Force Awakens because Poe did not join the Resistance until within a year of the force awakens so you know even though the resistance was in existence for six years prior to the force awakens yeah poe didn't become a part of it until very late in the game and so poe appearing as a member of the resistance here well should have been a dead giveaway second top takeaway is a cr90 corvette that shows up that poe is riding on or at least you know that was the backups the reinforcements that were coming and poe says that this ship is a classic that it had been in battles all the way dating back to the battle of scarif and all the way through the battle of jakku so this is a ship that's been in service for quite a long time more than 30 years to be sure and this is the first reference to a ship from the battle of Scarif which clearly survived so not every ship got blown up over Scarif and you know that's not including the Tanabe 4 which escaped very briefly but this is not the Tanabe 4 this is actually a different Corellian Corvette so that I thought was a neat little touch in tying this back not only to you know, the original trilogy, but also touching on the expanded universe stuff with the Battle of Jakku, which of course appeared in Aftermath. Now, the third top takeaway is probably the biggest surprise of the show so far, which is that we're told by Poe Dameron that the First Order has a presence in wild space, not the unknown regions, in wild space, and those are in two entirely separate parts of the galaxy. So that's very strange and interesting and so i think we have a lot more to learn about what's going on with the first order and all of their machinations as a result of the kicking off of this series so Castellon being at the edge of nowhere is at the edge of wild space not at the edge of the unknown regions as we had previously presumed because of course the unknown regions were where the first order were supposed to be coming out of but i guess it's not the only uncharted and difficult to find place and easy to hide place as well and so i think we're going to learn a bit more about this whole wild space business and just how crazy the first order was in building out its military presence Our fourth top takeaway is that we've got the backstory for Kaz or at least a part of it. He is a New Republic pilot, or at least starts out like that, and is recruited into the Resistance by Poe. He's not sure he wants to do it and wants to ask his dad's advice, but his dad, who is a senator for the New Republic, apparently isn't on the best of terms with his son. The dad basically seems to think that son is rather spoiled and... You know, that's like, you know, I got you into the Academy and I got you into the Navy. Now, now what are you asking me for? And so the son, Kaz, says, you know what? I guess I got to do this on my own. And so he actually makes his first step into a larger world by committing to the Resistance and going on this mission to the Colossus. Your fifth top takeaway, though, is the fact that if this kid is going to be a spy, I mean... On the one hand, he's done the absolute worst thing, which is completely call attention to himself through the plot of the first two episodes of Star Wars Resistance. On the other hand, it's so crazy it might actually just work because nobody is going to suspect this kid of being a spy for the Resistance based on what a complete clusterfest he made of his first couple of days on the Colossus. Now, as for a sixth and seventh top takeaway, well... Those ones are more meta things. Our sixth top takeaway is that there are a lot of familiar voices in this show, not just the ones that you knew about. For example, Anthony Daniels makes his triumphant return to another Star Wars property. You get to hear his voice over a loudspeaker system as C-3PO. Also, Greg Proops, who you may remember as the galactic basic voice of one of the announcers of the pod race in The Phantom Menace, has returned as another announcer of races here on the show with an entirely different name. Also, actors from previous Star Wars animation properties are here, including Dee Bradley Baker, Sam Witwer, and some folks who have actually done voices for Battlefront 2, including Lex Largo, who is the Captain, or excuse me, Major Vornag of the First Order, and Lex is actually the official audio double for Han Solo in Battlefront 2. And finally, on a slightly disappointing note, there is No Resistance recon that has come out of this. If you will recall back to the days of Star Wars Rebels, oh, so long ago, like it ended six months ago or something like that. (laughs) Seven months ago, anyway. Every Rebels episode included a Rebels recon episode on YouTube that was hosted by Andy Gutierrez and featured interviews with the cast and crew and occasionally trapping Pablo Hidalgo for some bit of random trivia and so on and so forth. Well... Not this time. Instead, there is a new series of videos called Bucket's List, which refers to the droid in the show, the main droid in the show, owned by Team Fireball. And there are a lot of fun facts that are thrown at you as part of this whole thing. And that's kind of good stuff. It's a minute, minute 15, something like that. So worth checking out the Star Wars YouTube channel if you want to see some additional fun facts from the episode. And that is going to do it for our seven top takeaways from the debut of Star Wars Resistance, episodes number one and two, entitled The Recruit. And if you are not subscribing to our podcast here, then by all means, I hope you'll consider doing that. If you are not supporting the show on Patreon, I hope you'll consider that too. For now, though, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be.